<laughs> they're making out in the in the green room and I'm just here <laughs> eating my granola bar. <laughs> Hello, Internet world. We are here at Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and you are listening to Untamed Shrews, Women Talk Theater. I'm Hannah. I'm Don. I'm Becky, and welcome to our first full-length episode. Today, we will be chatting about showmances. Ooh. <laughs> first off, we should probably break up the word showmances. Yes. In case you don't know what a showmance is... It's a silly, punny version of romance smushed with the word show because it's someone you fall for when you're in a show or you're attracted to or end up dating, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what a showmance in. Showmance is. A little portmanteau. (laughs) Ooh, what's a portmanteau? It's a combination of two things, but like they both still retain the things. So like show, romance, showmance, um, spork. Um, Cute. Yeah, ginormous, giant, enormous, stuff like that. <laughs> okay. All right. We're learning something new. Okay. Yeah. We're going to jump into showmances today, guys. Um, we're keeping it silly for the first episode. But um, we just wanted to talk about everything around showmances, like why we have them, what they mean, the psychology behind them, how we can navigate them. And yeah. For me, there's really like two categories of showmance. There's like, the showmance that might be a romance that starts because you meet in the theater or you're in a show together. And then on the flip side, there's like the romance that never would have started any other way, but you two were like playing opposite of each other. And so, you know, like had to get the feelings going on stage and then it got going in person. And yeah, Becky. Yeah, because I was actually going to talk about Island Theory, which um, is very much like that, Dawn, where it's like, and I think the theory is, and somebody told me this years ago, and I, I tried to look it up, but couldn't find anything. So <laughs> if anybody actually knows the like real definition of this, please let us know. But like, it's basically uh, like, there's a finite number of people that you're working with or that you interact with, like the people okay. on your show. So it's like this person who you might want to start a showmance with, or like you are in a showmance with, they're not necessarily, it's just like you said, they might not be like your quote unquote type or like the person who you might normally fall for, but in this little like microcosm. microcosm. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> jinx. They are like, yeah. So it's, it's okay. Yeah, it, yeah. Like you wouldn't meet them otherwise, but like if you put them on an Island, they would fall for each other. Is I mean, that what yeah. it means? It makes a lot of sense. Cause especially if you think about like, college, um, even high school theater, Mm. that was literally the only thing you were spending time doing. So it was really hard to meet someone outside of that. And I can think of right off the bat, like my two college showmances. Um, One was like a genuinely nice and attractive guy who I think I might have been attracted to outside of the show. Uh, And then one was a guy who there's just no way, no way. And um, also, shamefully, the only person I ever ghosted in my whole life. Oh, sorry, random guy from Dawn's past. I literally don't remember his name. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) He probably will be listening to this podcast because he's like still super into you. He's like the one that got away. Um, Poor guy. I would also argue that there is a third type of showman's. Which is like the unrequited showmance, where you're mm -hmm. actually in the audience, 
and you're watching a show and something about watching someone like do what they love you're like whoa that person is v hot i can't handle it and it's like the randomest things like I remember I saw this like bad production of like a community theater production of Beauty and the Beast. And of course, for those two hours, I was like, oh, my gosh, that random, you know, mediocre actor playing the Beast is just the most handsome thing. You know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you just like for whatever reason, it's like you just find them attractive for those few hours and you just never would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember going to see Rent when I was in high school and whoever played the Roger, I think his mm. name was like Carrie or Casey or something. But afterward, I was like trying to find like his website. Like <laughs> I was obsessed. And I was like, wow, I saw him in a show. Like, oh, also, yeah. I'm like 12, like a <laughs> little, little weird back tone it down. <laughs> We've all done it, though. You know, that yeah. for me, that's never happened with a guy, but that has happened with several actresses. So I guess this is a yeah. whole different kind of showmance where it wasn't necessarily a romantic attraction. But like after I saw them on stage, I became obsessed. obsessed. Um, had to see everything that they did. And then literally one of them I met and I was just like a Be my bumbling idiot. Like <laughs> I was a puddle when I met her. Um, and it was really embarrassing, but it was the same thing. Like the glamour of who she yeah. was on stage was so breathtaking to me. And I got really wrapped up in it. And she was almost like superhuman. Mm-hmm. So I know it's not really like romance, romance. Yeah, but it's but... sort of the same. It's like something about seeing someone do what they love mm-hmm. and like be good at it makes you attracted to them, yeah. whether it's romantically or not. But you're you're pulled to them. You're attracted. Yes, like... you're attracted to them. Yeah. yeah. There's an infatuation. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh for goodness. sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that sort of brings me to my like first thought of like, why do we fall into showmances? So I think it's like, because like the word that me and Becky jinxed, it's like this little microcosm. Like you go into this show and you see this person eight hours a day for six weeks and you do nothing else and you see them you know, do this, the weird things. Like you see them like eat their snacks. You see them like sitting off on the sidelines. You see them like stretching. You see them doing their work. Like you then go out with to drinks with the whole cast afterward. Like it's literally this little tiny universe of just the cast. And you like get thrown into this weird little social circle. That's all of a sudden the most important thing in your life. So all of a sudden, that person who you might, that one person, or maybe a few, who knows, in the cast that you like get attracted to, then you can't focus on anything else because you see them literally every day for every hour and you can't like get them out of your brain. So that's why I think showmances really start is like the actual physical time involved in a show. Come together. Yeah. Because, because it's... I mean, because when you're like dating someone, right, it's you probably met them at a party. You know, they like maybe ask you out a few days later, you go to dinner, you know, like it's a slow process. But when you get to know someone in a show, it's like everything at once, like all of a sudden you're emotionally vulnerable with this person on day one. And it's just like, and usually there's like a very quick, finite time. Like if it's a summer stock, you've maybe got like what, three or four months? Or, I mean, there are, of course, longer shows and stuff, but, like, I don't know. We Like, gigs are, in the grand scheme of things, just, like, so short. So it's, like, I don't know. And if also if you're, like, doing a very emotional show, like, you're being very vulnerable there, so maybe, like, the heart's already open or something like that. 
Yeah, everything's just accelerated, like you said. Yeah. Like you, you don't see that much of someone who you Mm-mm. just started dating. Usually, <laughs> no, it takes a while. My, the other thing for me about why I think they start is because that we're physically putting ourselves through the actions of being into someone. So if it's someone who's playing opposite of us and we are touching, kissing, spending time together in that way, then I think it's really easy for like our hormones, our bodies, our systems to just believe it. Yeah, to just believe it. I think it's one of the reasons that um, intimacy direction has become so Mm. important even in a show where it's maybe not, you know, like a ton of intimacy or what we would consider like a really deep level of intimacy. But even if you have to like hug, kiss, pretend to be in love, it's good to continually remind yourself that that is work and you're doing it for work because your body doesn't know that. Yeah, that's true. Your hormones yeah. don't know that. So they're like, oh, I'm kissing this guy. Like, must so be I must into like him. him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there must be something going on here. So I've always kind of thought it was like a little bit of, you know, just yeah, – yeah. um, uh, like chicken or the egg like was I really into him or did I just kiss him and now I'm into him or like yeah. what's the thing so how about though if you fall in a showman's with someone who you're not actually playing romantically opposite because I think it happens both ways I would say mm-hmm. it's probably m- more common to fall for someone who you are playing the romantic opposite of but obviously it still happens that you would just fall for someone in the cast regardless of how you're cast well um, and not even just the cast like also the crew true and- Company. That's so true. Someone backstage, um, stage manager, anything like that. Ooh, director. Oh gosh. Oh, I've I haven't even oh, well, thought I about that. Point. I was Ooh. gonna bring something up about that. Oh no, no, like spicy later. Thing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Tell us your spicy <laughs> thing, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like, like when is it a, a showman oh. like a bad idea? Yeah, and how. Um, like somebody who is in a managerial or a directorial role True. where it can be like kind of blurring some lines. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're not already in a relationship, like of course there are couples who work together and they right. work in different facets. Um, but I think starting out, um, there's just some like gray area and stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess if I would say what I think, like, I think if you're a cast member, that's like what I consider that like equal. So it's like they're not they're not above you. But I think dating a director might get really hard. I don't yeah. think that's Oh, that's tough. This is opening up a whole new can of worms, but like this opens up like you know, directors casting their significant others. Yeah, which yeah. happens a lot. It I mean, does. And for various reasons. And it's obviously something that's become like Ooh, an issue tough. in our industry and like the whole casting couch. Mm. Oh, that's and, true. You know, phraseology. So I think that that's a really tricky one. But it's also hard because like who's to say with a bunch of consenting adults if an yeah. actress or actor can't fall in love with their director yeah. and that that relationship can't stay above board. I think the really important thing there, and this is where I'll put on like my executive director hat, is that uh, it has to be open. It has to be out in the open. So that would be the hard thing about it is that from day one, you would have to be telling, I guess, like your company manager, probably your Mm -hmm. stage manager, probably someone else in the company, you Mm -hmm. know, like, hey, I'm in a relationship with this person. And, you know, technically, yes, I have some sort of power I can exert over them because I'm their director. So we just need to make sure that this is all out in the open and that like, you know, the theater version of HR, (laughs) which is 
Which is your company manager or your equity representative or whoever it is in your company knows what's going on because I think that's what's really hard. So then I think that would be tricky because it's like how do you dive into a relationship when the first thing you have to do is be like, hey, by the way, (laughs) everyone. When when maybe you're not even really sure if it's like anything yet. Yeah. Because like, I mean, flirting and like being interested in someone is way different than like, at least (laughs) in the Christian world, we call it DTR, define the relationship. So if you have... (laughs) haven't DTR'd yet (laughs) it's a silly like Christian camp phrase if you haven't DTR'd yet like what do you do like are you supposed to be like hi I like my director company manager like how do you handle that I know it's tricky I've definitely used DTR as well okay Um, but I actually I said it to my sister um a couple months ago and she was like what "What does that mean (laughs) and I was like oh maybe that's a generational thing so maybe it like okay I don't know yeah I don't know (laughs) I love it I love it Yeah. yeah yeah I mean so along those lines showmance is being professional so how do we think we could handle a showmance between say we're not say we're pulling like the director say like that situation on the table like say it's two cast members how do we think we can like navigate a showmance in a way that's like successful and doesn't like get in the way of your work and um isn't toxic to the other cast members or like affects you on stage and etc so like I think it's totally possible because, I mean, people – I mean, oh, yeah. think about how many actors have gotten married because they met in a show. Well, technically, I'm – my That's relationship true. started as a showman. Oh, totally. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just in kind of a slow burn, slow burn kind of way. Right. <laughs> slow burn. So how do we think – maybe if it wasn't a slow burn. Like, maybe it's, like, two people meeting in, like – they're like working for a new company they've just met and it's like yeah we're we're doing summer stock we're like doing this one show together for a very truncated like piece of time so how can we navigate a showmance in a way that's professional but successful but also obviously still like fun as a new relationship like how do we handle that yeah I think it's about like just knowing like the boundaries like what your boundaries are um and just kind of open communication with the other person, you know? Um, Yeah, just like. So just like, just being like, this is where I'm at. This is still my job. I like you. Do you mean like communication on the like, I like you end, like starting it? Because, you know, that's also a tough part about a relationship in general is like the first being like, I like you officially. What do we do about it? So is it like at that point? Is it like once it gets a little more serious? Yeah, that's. I mean, I think think the really hard thing is that you have to be cautious if you don't know the other person very well, Mm. because what can go wrong and be extremely unprofessional is that if the relationship doesn't succeed, Mm -hmm. if that interferes with the environment in the rehearsal room or that interferes with the show at all, like that's where you've really failed to be successful. You know, I think like flirting, dating, all of that stuff, as long as it's not changing the way that the rehearsal room is running or making anyone else in that room feel ostracized. Mm -hmm. So I think that also has to do with, like, the size of the cast. We're talking about a four-person show and, like, two people (laughs) get into it, you know, and then the other two people are like, I'm just over here, like, eating my (laughs) snack. (laughs) They're making out in the the green room and I'm just here (laughs) eating my granola bar. (laughs) Right. So I think that's really hard, but I think that – that open communication Becky was talking about would have to extend to like, what are we going to do if this fails and are you going to be okay and am I going to be okay? Because if not, then we need to wait till this is over to start it because we can't have, you know, like a toxic environment in the rehearsal room because it didn't go well. 
Especially yeah. if you're playing actual romantic opposites, because what if it fails and you're upset with that person and then you have to pretend that you really like them, but they did something to make you unhappy. Yeah. So tough. So tough. Yeah. But yeah. But also, so I was chatting with a friend about this whole situation about showmances and she was talking about how for her showmances can really distract her and she feels like um not on like it not working out but like it going well and she feels like she can't focus on her job Mm -hmm. because like she and I were chatting like I play a lot of silly comedic weird roles where I end up not looking pretty all the time, right? Like pulling dumb faces, wearing silly costumes, like rolling around on the stage, just being strange. And like, (laughs) if you're trying to think about like looking pretty, being perfect, sounding good and acting well because you want to impress that person, you're thinking so much about that person and not about the actual scene or show that you're doing because you're like, I I have to look perfect for this person. And I totally have done that before. Like a role that didn't didn't call for me being demure and pretty and perfect. I was, this even happens like, if someone comes to visit, visit or someone comes to watch the show that you're interested in and you're like, oh, no, I have to look perfect right now. But that's not what it calls for. Like that particular role calls you to be gross and scary and weird or funny and dumb. But like you have to maintain that like, oh, I have to look perfect for that person and impress them. And that's what I've fallen into with this like this particular um topic is like I fall for the trap of like not wanting to embarrass myself mm-hmm. also speaking about the friend she was saying that she feels like showmances start specifically because the backstage area is a dark mm-hmm. sexy sexy time uh-huh. she says it's dark back there. Yeah. No one can see what's going on. Maybe you're a little too close to that person when you're yep. waiting to get on stage. Maybe your hands brush. We don't know. It's dark back there. Yeah, I <laughs> totally. I had a showman that was like, I think began 100% because at one point we essentially had to like wait together on a bed oh, in the backstage. Yeah, like it was it was a piece of furniture that we moved. I guess we didn't have to be in the bed, but it just made the most sense to sit on the bed, which like transitioned to like kind of just like lying Cuddling. around on the bed, which transitioned to, yeah. Snugging so on it was bed. like, yeah, I totally agree with her. Yeah, it's it's way sexy backstage. <laughs> it's a dark, sexy, There's sexy curtains time. and red lights and <laughs> – Oh yeah, dark corners. True. All of your like you've just been softened by this by the <laughs> the actor cue lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do not feel this way. <laughs> oh no. That's so funny. <laughs> but I wonder because like I've also been a stage manager where it's like as the ISM or even sometimes the calling SM is backstage where it's like cuz like if the on stage is like the quote unquote like actor like not to say that backstage isn't the workplace for them, but like the work that they're doing for the audience is usually on stage. Whereas like the work that I'm doing as an SM is backstage. Mm. So it's like, that's my workplace. I mean, you know, <laughs> totally. You probably associate it with a higher level of stress. Whereas for us, we're just oh, chilling back yeah. there. We're not on stage yet. <laughs> we're <laughs> like, waiting. Yeah. Oh, oh my for gosh. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. Um, you know, wait, yeah, oh, go ahead. Becky. I was just going to say a little like, 
high school myth. This one around, I think, like when I was growing up. So I'm curious if like you all had this like myth or whatever. But um, like we had a drama room. And the myth was always like, oh, the drama room's like locked after hours because two kids were caught having sex on the couch. Oh, <laughs> like, always a myth. A... Of okay, course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen the memes where it's like, do not sit on a drama kid or drama room <laughs> couch? Because yeah. trust me, that shit's gross. <laughs> no, for us, we had like this weird lofty thing that yeah. like held really big pieces of like stage and stuff we didn't really okay. have like a separate room but we had like that loft oh yeah in high school mine was like someone's classroom during the day so it really didn't have any furniture and then in college our green room was like in between the theater and the dance room so people were walking through there all mm. the time so there was just oh. no like getting down <laughs> see yeah no <laughs> myths there. no myths for my college but high school yes Maybe it's yeah. a high school thing. Huh. Because in my college, yeah. that was like, I mean, of course, showmances existed. But, like, I don't think that there was a problem of, like, people having sex backstage or, no. like, in the green room. No. Like, I mean, we were all in college for theater. So I think they probably understood that, like, that would probably get you kicked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In high school, it was just like... I really hope I get cast opposite of so-and-so because then we'll fall in love. Sure. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, I was was just, like, gung-ho being like, I will get cast as Belle this year. I will get cast as Belle because blank, blank, blank is playing the Beast. Like, you know, like, ah! I have to. It was so important. And then we'll be in love forever. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. showmances, but they do last though. Like huh? showmances can totally last. Like I'm thinking of a specific couple who like they met at at a regional theater like 15 years ago, are still married, have kids. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean that's a whole separate conversation. But like, how do you marry an actor? My goodness. Well, I see. I'm lucky because my showmance wasn't necessarily an actor. Okay, <laughs> but we're still together. So, oh, yes. I, yeah. I ta- you're talking about your current one. Yeah, my gotcha, partner, gotcha, gotcha. who I live with, who I'm in a committed I relationship see. with. One she ghosted. Totally. Just kidding. The one I did not ghost. Oh, sorry, random dog. Sorry, lover. guy. I can't remember your name. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, that actually brings me to another conversation I wanted to have was like, what is it? Is it different to date an artist, whether that's an actor, musician, et cetera? I think it totally is. Yeah. Because yeah. anytime that I've dated, non-artists the relationships are just so different than when I date artists and unfortunately anytime I've dated an actor it has not gone well (laughs) but when I've dated like an actor adjacent so like someone who's like maybe involved in the industry but like isn't an actor themselves Mm -hmm. I find that like that has been better for me because I mean this is such a stereotype but like In my BFA program, you know, it's like there were this many boys and this many girls. And, you know, I mean, I prefer men, so I'm going to use this particular analogy. But, like, there were only this many boys and this many girls. So the boys really had their pick. Like, they could basically date anyone they wanted. And they basically did. And they basically (laughs) dated the whole department. You know what I mean? Because we were like, we... (laughs) We want to date someone, but we have one option and they have 17. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, so yeah. I found that dating actors was really hard because I feel like um, specifically on the male to female ratio, they just have so much, mm-hmm. so many more options. So they get to be um, 
they don't have to be picky, I guess, is kind of what I'm saying. It's like they can just kind of go for whoever and we're like, oh, he chose me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's really true. I've definitely experienced that. But for me, dating an artist has been really important. Like when I've tried to date someone who's not an artist, I find that um, – or it just in my – limited experience dating non-artists I really find that like it gets hard to explain why you're spending mm-hmm. so much time not at home oh. at night um mm-hmm. it gets hard to explain you know that this thing really is you know the thing that you love the most <laughs> like yeah you love them but if mm-hmm. you have to give up this then it's not gonna happen you know it's like your whole world it's really hard and yeah. you know I found in dating um you know, with my current partner, it was the same for him when he would date someone who didn't understand. And it became really tricky for him. Like, you know, he would explain, like, it's hard to tell someone that you can love both music and being a musician and being in your bands and love them. You know, and I think that I think that can be true. I don't think that's probably true for any artist, non-artist relationship. But just think about the way your day is structured. Mm -hmm. It's so entirely different. Wonky, wonky. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm probably around home more during the day and gone more in the evening if I'm dating someone who's gone during the day and around during the evening it can get really stressful totally yeah yeah I think that's for sure like one of the reasons that showmances start is that the other person just gets the theater the artist lifestyle Mm -hmm. um and then and yeah kind of like what you were saying like your schedules might match up a little bit better you know yeah. Or I think someone was saying that. Yeah. 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 Maybe I didn't that. Okay. No, I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, I feel like just artists, actors, musicians, etc., artists just, like, feel things differently. Like, I mean, I'm very open with my emotions, and I definitely attribute that to being an actor. Because you literally – we have things called table work – you literally sit and just talk about emotions and thoughts and feelings and subtext for hours or days. And you're like, this is what I'm feeling right now. And this is what my character is going through. And this is their arc. And this is their obstacle. So in a relationship, I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. And this is how, like, you know what I mean? And sometimes non-artist guys, they're just like, what? Yeah, I think it's one of the most fascinating misconceptions is people will always say to you like, oh, you're an actor, so you must be really good at lying or like fake and no. I'm like no I am really good at showing you exactly how what? I feel right now yeah. oh, I'm <laughs> like, a very bad liar like it's like this rage I am it does not translate and that can be too hard for some people but oh, if you're yeah. dating someone else who's a artist or something then they can handle maybe like a little bigger of a show of emotion yeah. and we just like feel things at such heightened levels yeah because like we've yeah. literally been trained to feel things at heightened levels so sometimes you're just like I have so much in my body right now and it's just gonna explode like and sometimes like yeah that's just like too much with two actors in a relationship it's like or maybe it's good like I think it can go both ways but like there can be too much or it can be like balancing enough that like we both understand that we have all these like emotions surging through our bodies right now, but we know how to express them. Mm-hmm. Or it can be too much because it's like these two highly dramatic people in a relationship and it's just like clash, clash, clash. Yeah. So I think it can be both. Yeah. 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 Wow. So uh, much to talk so about. So much. <laughs> and actually, we're kind of almost out of time. So oh, no. what else? Is there anything we want to wrap up about this well, topic? 
I kind of wanted to like give this little silly like um, tradition, I guess. <laughs> Ooh. Do you do you like do you know like when someone brings in donuts? What that means? <gasps> yes, that they had sex the <laughs> night before. What? Yeah, so that's like a thing. Um, I guess it's really with like summer stocks or um, you taught but also me this. like tours and stuff. Yeah. Wait, what? You taught and me we, this we... when we were on tour. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you didn't bring the donuts. I'm not like dropping things. No. But I mean, <laughs> you taught me this when we were on tour. You told me this. Yeah. Yeah, so um, if you have sex for or with someone new, but I will also argue that this quote-unquote unofficial rule should apply, like, if your partner comes to visit, uh, like, you know. Okay, so it's only whatever. someone new? Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, yeah, but yeah. Otherwise, you might have to buy a um, lot of donuts. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. You go bankrupt. Yeah. So you, I mean, if you if you have sex and then the next day you bring in donuts, um. And then I like to say it's so that we all can get a little something sweet. <laughs> no, yeah. When Becky told me that, I was like, what? That's awesome. I had never experienced it before, but I thought that it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's quite nice when you come in the next day and in the green room, there's like a dozen donuts and it's like, oh, oh. we'll have a little snack but too. But what if you didn't mean it and you literally just brought in donuts? Because I'm in a donut because well, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, I've got a story for that. So I know someone who was working on the Annie tour and um I guess one of so the moms um so that all of the little orphans they had to have a legal guardian with mm-hmm. them so one of the moms was like oh she keep, kept sawing that people were bringing in donuts bringing in donuts <laughs> or maybe her daughter like oh no that. And like usually like, mom it's our turn to bring in donuts so the mom went up to one of the um stage managers or one of the actors someone and was like oh yeah like where can we sign up to bring in the donuts and the person was like oh that's not oh, I mean you can but that's not how it works I mean uh. oh gosh how do you explain to like a little innocent stage mom well actually stage moms aren't that innocent but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness Ugh. well anyway guys we're we about have to wrap up and we are going to take a quick minute to thank our incredible studio Sun Sounds Arizona in Flagstaff Arizona. Sun Sounds makes media accessible to all by reading local print publications for Arizona communities. Thanks for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Truths. I'm Becky. And I'm Dawn. And I'm Hannah. Join us next month for our next episode with Christine Schmidla, Deputy Text Associate at Shakespeare's Globe in London and our Director of Vision and Text, to discuss Shakespeare overseas, how theater and the performing arts differs around the world, and what it means to be a dual citizen artist. Follow the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival on Instagram at Flagshakes and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found on sunsounds.org, the Flagstaff Shakespeare YouTube, and on all of our social media platforms. This episode of Untamed Shrews starring Don Tucker, Becky Zaritsky, and Hannah Fonts. Show art by Calliope Ludecker. Podcast theme song by Cadence Lamb. Podcast edited by Hannah Fonts. And special thanks to Gina Byers. Bye, guys. See you next month. Bye. 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 I literally don't remember his name. Oh, no. (laughs)